I think that's the first time I've seen Steve Phillips get through a service without perspiring, so I'm so proud of you. <laughs> In the movie Facing the Giants, probably the most dramatic scene was the death crawl. And uh, that was a crawl where an athlete, a football player, was down on his hands and his feet. Another player was put on his back. And he had to crawl with that additional weight. The coach was trying to make the point that his team could do more than they thought they could do, so he took one of the young men. He got in the position. The other player was on his back, and he began to crawl, but the coach had blindfolded him. As he was crawling, he wanted to quit, but the coach continued to urge him on, saying, just one more step, you can do it, you can make it, urging him on. And when he finally came to a stop, he had gone the length of the football field and was in the end zone. All of us have those times when we want to quit. That was true of Moses. God had raised up Moses to be the one who was going to deliver his people from bondage. But there was a time in Moses' life when he wanted to quit. In fact, in his prayer in Numbers 11, he said, So if thou art going to deal thus with me, please kill me at once. Moses had come to the place where he did not believe he could continue on, so he simply wanted to die. Joshua was a great military leader. He was given the responsibility of taking the Hebrews into the promised land after Moses had died. But Joshua also came to the place when he wanted to quit. Joshua said in Joshua 7, If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. He is saying we would have been better off had we never started this journey. Had we remained on the other side of Jordan, we would have been better off, and he wanted to quit. Elijah, the great prophet of Israel, also came to a time when he wanted to quit. You recall the story. He was on Mount Carmel. There he had had the contest with the prophets of Baal, but in that contest, Elijah prayed, called down fire from heaven. But then after that, his life was threatened by Jezebel. He ran, got under the juniper tree, and there he was ready to quit. And the Bible says in 1 Kings 19, It is enough now, O Lord. Take my life, for I am not better than my father's. Elijah came to the place where he said, Even after that great display of the power of God, he said, I am ready to quit. I am ready to die. Job went through all his suffering. He lost his possessions. He lost his children. He lost his health. He lost everything. And then Job said, it would have been better for me had I never been born. He too was ready to quit. We all have those times in our lives when we're ready to throw in the towel. We're ready to quit. Maybe it's concerning your marriage. And you've come to the place where you think, I, I cannot continue in this relationship. I'm ready to quit. Perhaps it's concerning your job. You've come to the place where you say, I cannot continue working at this place. I'm ready to quit. Or maybe it's your service at the church. I'm not going to sing anymore. I've sung my last song. This is it. I'm tired. Or perhaps as a Sunday school teacher, I've come to the place where someone else can teach. Someone else can take, take the job. But I'm ready to quit. 
This morning in our staff meeting, there was some speculation as to what the four-letter word was. The word is quit. So take your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 20, beginning in verse number 7. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou hast overcome me and prevailed. I've become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For each time I speak, I cry loud, I proclaim violence and destruction, because for me the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. But if I say I will not remember him or speak any more in his name, then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary of holding it in, and I cannot endure it. For I've heard the whispering of many, terror on every side. Denounce him, yes, let us denounce him. All my trusted friends watching for my fall say, perhaps he will be deceived so that we may prevail against him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a dread champion. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will be utterly ashamed because they have failed with an everlasting disgrace that will not be forgotten. Yet, O Lord of hosts, thou who dost test the righteous, who seest the mind and the heart, let me see thy vengeance on them, for to thee I have set forth my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the soul of the needy one from the hand of evildoers. Jeremiah had come to a place where he wanted to quit. And I want to share with you from this passage of Scripture three reasons why we as believers don't quit even when we want to. First of all, because of the presence of God. In verse number 11, Jeremiah said, But the Lord is with me like a dread champion. The Living Bible translates that, But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. You see, when we are tempted to quit, and there are those times in our life when we want to quit, we don't because the Lord stands beside us like a great warrior. He is present with us during times of discouragement, and Jeremiah was going through a time of discouragement, and we certainly understand why. In verse number 7b, he said, I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. Jeremiah says, they, I have become a laughingstock, God, because of your call on my life. He was becoming discouraged, and then the people wanted to murder him. You see, Jeremiah's call was to say to the people of Israel that they were going into captivity of the Babylonians. Now, their leaders and the other prophets said, no, that's not true. We are going to be victorious in that, but the message that had been given to Jeremiah that he was to proclaim to the people was a message that they were going to be defeated. And so the people wanted to kill him. The scripture says in Jeremiah 26, 8, And when Jeremiah finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak, all the people seized him, saying, You must die. So Jeremiah was going through a time of discouragement. The people ridiculed him. They mocked him. He was a laughingstock. They wanted to kill him. But the Lord was by his side like a mighty warrior. 
He said, even though all of this is going on in my life, even though in my heart I desire to quit, he said, but God stands by my side like a mighty warrior. Another example would be Nehemiah, who also faced discouragement. God had placed in Nehemiah's heart a desire to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall that had been broken down. But the Bible says that he was despised. In Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 19, But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard it, they mocked us and despised us. You see, Nehemiah's goal, his, his dream, his burden was to go and rebuild that that had been destroyed. But the scripture says that he was despised and he was ridiculed. When he began the work, those people who were mentioned in the verse that I just read said, Who do these feeble Jews think they are? They're going to come and rebuild the wall? Who do they think they are? And another said, well, if, if they build the wall and a fox were to jump on it, it would fall. So they mocked him, and he certainly was discouraged. But the Bible says that they tried to discourage him as well. In Nehemiah 6, 9, for all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work, and it will not be done. So when I look at Nehemiah, here is in his heart, the vision that God had given to him to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall that had been torn down. But the Bible says that he was despised, he was ridiculed, but the Lord, like a mighty warrior, was by his side. When you are tempted to abandon your goals, to give up on your dreams, and we all have those days, Remember that God is by your side. If you are a child of God, and even though it becomes difficult and you're tempted to quit, like a mighty warrior, God is by your side. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. Our adequacy is from God. He is with us during times of discouragement. He is present during times of loneliness. And there were those, those times in Jeremiah's life when he felt lonely and times when he was alone. Paul Turnier, the Swiss psychiatrist, said loneliness is the most devastating malady of this age. We feel lonely when we feel rejected. And Jeremiah felt rejected. The people rejected him. The prophets rejected the message that he proclaimed. And when we are rejected, we feel lonely. When we have feelings of inferiority, we feel lonely. And there are so many children grow up in homes where they are constantly told that they are not going to amount to anything, that they are not anyone, that they are failures and so forth. And as a result of that, they withdraw and become people who grow up to be lonely. Sorrow causes us to feel lonely, the loss of a husband, the loss of a wife, the loss of a parent, the loss of a child. And we feel lonely. I was talking last week to my friend Philip Keeter, whose wife died last year about this time. I said, Philip, how you doing? 
He said, December's been really a tough month for me. He said, it was my toughest month getting through Christmas in December. You see, whenever we, we have these losses, whenever we feel rejected, whenever, whenever we feel inferior, then there is that feeling of loneliness. But I want you to know that even when we suffer loneliness, that God, like a mighty warrior, is standing by your side. Jesus experienced loneliness. He suffered alone. He died alone. He was rejected. The scripture says in John 1.11, He came to His own and those who were His own did not receive Him. When He went to the cross, even the disciples were not there except for John. But what that says to me is that He understands loneliness. When you are lonely, He understands. And so the scripture says in Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Folks, he is present with us during times of discouragement. He is present with us during times of loneliness. And he is present with us during times of great stress. Sometimes it is the demands of our responsibility that place stress on us. And that was true with Jeremiah in verse number 8. Each time I speak, I cry aloud, I proclaim violence and destruction. Because for me, the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. You, you see, Jeremiah was in considerable stress because he was a messenger of bad news. He had been called upon to give bad news to his people, and so there was great stress. When Moses was leading the people to the promised land, he was under tremendous stress as he had these two million Jews to take to the promised land. And he had to provide food for them. He had to provide water for them. They complained all the way. So in Numbers eleven fourteen. Moses said, I alone am not able to carry all this people because it is too burdensome for me. There are times when our responsibilities seem to be too much for us. Do they not? The responsibilities of being a husband, the responsibility of being a wife, the responsibility of being a parent and all that is expected, the responsibility of being a grandparent. You see, there are times when the responsibilities are so great that it puts enormous stress on us. Sometimes it's because of the demands concerning our time, that I have to go to this meeting and that meeting, that I have to go to this activity and that activity, that I have to go to ballet, I have to go to ball practice, I have to go to all these things, and it seems like sometimes I meet myself coming. And all of those pressures that come to us because of time demands and then sometimes the expectations of others put great stress on us. Jeremiah wanted to quit and no longer preach the message that everyone hated anyway. But God expected him to do so. There are times whenever we also have such expectations put on us that it simply stresses us out. Did you know that in the Southern Baptist Convention, there are more than a thousand pastors a year who lead the ministry. And oftentimes it is because of the stress that is placed on their lives. And yet God is present with us.
standing like a great warrior by our side. In fact, Isaiah 40, verse 31, one of my favorite verses, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you are tempted to quit, we do not because of the presence of God. God is with us. Not only is he present with us, but he also provides for the challenges we face. I have uh, read so many times, and I, I, I love the song that the group sang today, and every time I hear you sing it, I want to go back to Israel. I love Israel. And, and uh, it, 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 Israel is such a fascinating place to me, and it can only be explained in terms of God. You cannot explain Israel except in terms of God. And, and I have read and been there so many times and so forth and, and see how God has miraculously provided for them. When they were in Egyptian bondage and began to pray, crying out to God, Lord, deliver us from slavery. And the Lord heard their prayers and raised up Moses and said, Moses, you are going to be the one who delivers them. And then when Pharaoh refused to let them go, then God began to send miracles that forced Pharaoh to let them go. He provided for them. And then when they came to the Red Sea, after they were released from bondage and came to the Red Sea, Pharaoh had changed his mind. The Egyptian army was behind them. The Red Sea was in front of them. And the scripture tells us that God parted the waters and they walked across on dry land. God provided for them. When they came to the edge of the promised land and Jericho was there standing in the way and God caused the walls to fall down flat and they conquered the city of Jericho, God provided for them. Has God not provided for you? Has he not provided for you and for the needs that you've had? I was thinking about that as I was preparing this message and how... God had been so faithful, how he had been so gracious to provide for my family and me. You know, you, isn't it interesting that we are called to walk by faith and oftentimes we walk by fear and then when we look back we say, you know, the Lord's really been faithful. And I remember when God called us into the ministry and, and uh, we sold everything to be able to go into ministry and how that... We were trying to serve the Lord and go to school and do all of those things and we didn't have anything. I made $100 a week and we didn't have any. Oftentimes we didn't have any food. And yet at the, at the most opportune times, God would provide. There was a lady in a little church that I pastored. Her name was Mrs. Poole. Mrs. Poole would go out oftentimes on Sunday morning and when she'd shake hands with me, there'd be a $5 bill in her hand that she would give to me. Now, she didn't realize it, but many, many times when she did that, that meant that we could go buy milk for the kids. That meant that we could buy something for the children to eat. But God provided. He provided food. He provided clothes. When we didn't have clothes, people gave them to us. He provided health. 
I, I look back and I, and I say, you know, the Lord has provided. He is faithful. And when we have those times that we are ready to quit, we are reminded that God stands beside us like a great warrior and He provides every need we have. Sometimes it's just barely in the nick of time, but He provides. Thirdly, when we are tempted to quit, we don't because of the potential that God has placed in you. God chose you. And God enabled you to do what he has called you to do. Why did Jeremiah not quit? I have read that story so many times. And Jeremiah was at a place when he said, Lord, the only reason I did this is because you made me. I didn't want to do it to begin with. He wanted to quit. Why didn't he? Because there was a fire that burned within him. If you look down in verse number 9, but if I say I will not remember him, or speak any more in his name, then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding it in and I cannot endure it. Why? Because there was a fire within. What was the fire? It was his call from God. You go back and read in Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 9 and that is God's call on his life. And God said to him, Jeremiah, before you were ever born, I called you. I've appointed you to be a prophet before you were ever born. And Jeremiah said, well, Lord, I'm just a youth. I can't do that. But God says, but I've called you. And see, that that was burning in his heart was the call of God. That God had called him. That there was a sense of destiny in his life because the hand of God was on him. The hand of God called him. And he... That burned in his heart, and he couldn't quit even when he wanted to. I am so blessed to see so many of our people who have the call of God burning in their hearts, and they don't quit. Every Sunday morning, there are some men who come into my office, and I kneel down, and they lay hands on me, and they pray for me. And uh, Roland Lyde, Bob Newell, Calvin Falkenberry. Now, these guys, are they're not in the young married department. These are some of our older guys in their 80s. But the fire of God burns in their heart. Can't quit because the fire of God is there. Because the call of God is there. Second reason is because of the overwhelming need without. If you look at chapter 18, verse number 11, Jeremiah said, So now then speak to the men of Judah and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning calamity against you and devising a plan against you. O turn back, each of you, from his evil way and reform your ways and your deeds. You see, his people had turned away from God and judgment loomed. And Jeremiah knew the need. I've got to warn the people. They have a need. I've got to warn the people. So those two things with Jeremiah. There was this fire that burned within him, the call of God. And there was the overwhelming need of his people. They needed the message that he had. Folks, that same thing is true today. You know, there, there are times when we want to quit. We want to scale back. We want to not take another step, not 
you know, do the next thing and so forth. And we all have that temptation. But we can't because there are great needs in our world. Great needs. A geography teacher was asking the question of her class, said, what is the shape of the world? And one little girl raised her hand and said, my daddy says it's in the worst shape it's ever been in. <laughs> well, you know, in a lot of ways that's probably true. Families are falling apart. The church has lost its message of good news and needs to reclaim it. People are lost and they need to be saved. People need the gospel of Christ. The Baton Rouge Gideon Camp sponsored Gideon Day at Angola Penitentiary. They took their Bibles to the penitentiary and went in to share the good news of Jesus with the prisoners who were there. One Gideon Luther went into the cell of Charlie Frazier and started to talk with him. Well, Charlie Frazier cursed him out and told him to get out of his cell. And he said, you religious people come down here and talk about the love of God. It's easy for you. Just get out. But Luther left a Bible there. And some days later, the chaplain of the prison called Luther and told him that Charlie Frazier had received Christ. Charlie became a believer and the superintendent of the Sunday school. He later, that was in prison, he later got cancer, but until he died, he remained as the superintendent of the Sunday school there in prison. When he did die, the attorney general is reported in the New Orleans newspaper. We don't know what changed, Frazier. He was a notorious criminal. He killed two guards in an attempt to escape from our penitentiary. But in the past few years, he's been a new man. I don't know what came over him, but whatever it was, changed his life. And that's why we can't quit. There are great needs. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when we want to, we think I've gone far enough. I can't go another step. And yet there is a fire that burns within the call of God. God has called us. And like Jeremiah, even when I wanted to quit, when I wanted to stay, I could not. Because there's a fire that burns within. And secondly, there is an overwhelming need in that people need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you today, and I don't know who or how many... But it could be, and I would imagine today there are some of you who are at the point of saying, Lord, I've just had enough. Don't quit. Don't quit. Let the fire burn until you go home to be with the Lord. There are great needs, and God placed you here to meet those needs. Don't quit. Father, we come to a time, and thank you so much that Jesus never quit even going to the cross, giving his life, suffering, sinless, alone, but gave his life on Calvary. And Lord, today I pray that you will renew our commitment to you. That Lord, we will have a greater passion for you, for your work, for your call than ever before. 
and we'll go forward to make a difference in our world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Just a moment, we are going to stand and extend an invitation. The choir will sing. If you're here without Jesus, our prayer today is that you would receive Him as Lord and Savior. If you are a Christian, you need a church home, our doors are open to you. But I'm also praying that many of you today will recommit, commit anew to the Lord. Maybe where you are, maybe you want to come and pray. Lord, the fire burns in my heart still. I want to serve you till I die. If you want to come and make that with the Lord, that's fine. You do so. Let's stand together as we stand. The choir sings as they sing, you come and I'll greet you.